What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. This is a special episode of the Pomp Podcast. Myself, my wife, Polina, and our friends, Mateo and Alex, the founders of 8sleep, all sat down. We had a conversation about our personal lives, about running businesses, about partnership, and how we see the world. Hopefully you enjoyed this conversation. I learned a lot from it, and I really enjoyed recording it. If people like it, make sure you tweet at us, and we'll record more of these in the future. Before we get into this episode, though, I want to quickly talk about our sponsors. Today's episode is sponsored by the Bitcoin 2022 Conference. Bitcoin 2022 is the largest Bitcoin event in the world that takes place April 6th through the 9th in Miami Beach, Florida. All four days will be jam-packed with exclusive content, exciting announcements, and an incredible lineup of Bitcoin speakers, artists, and leaders. Day one is industry day for enterprising Bitcoiners who are looking to build a business or career within the ecosystem. Days two and three are general conference days featuring speakers like El Salvador President Nayib Bukele, CEOs like Michael Saylor, Elizabeth Stark, Jack Maulers, Adam Back, and hundreds more. The conference caps off on the fourth day with the world's first and largest Bitcoin music festival, Sound Money Fest, headlined by rapper and fellow Bitcoiner Logic, featuring artists K-Flay, Mo, Royal, and The Serpent, Apache, Asadi, and more. Stay tuned for the upcoming lineup announcement. Last year's conference sold out, and this year's is on pace to be three times larger, so make sure you grab your tickets before it's too late. Visit b.tc slash conference to learn more. Again, that's b.tc slash conference to learn more. Ticket prices increase on January 14th. Use promo code POMP for 10% off, and I will see you in Miami. Today's episode is brought to you by Fundrise. You all know I believe that the best investors both understand and seek out extreme asymmetry. Fundrise is here to help you do just that. It's the largest direct-to-investor real estate investment platform out there, giving you the opportunity to achieve upside of an asset class previously reserved for institutions and high net worth individuals. That's right. Fundrise is making high-end private market real estate investing accessible to everyone via an easy-to-use automated platform. Its 1 million users already know that the investment with Fundrise is capable of producing strong appreciation returns and income generation while helping to stabilize a diversified portfolio. That's more important now than ever in our inflationary environment. See for yourself how over 190,000 other investors have built a better portfolio with private real estate. It takes just a few minutes to get started with as little as $10. Go to fundrise.com slash pomp today. And for a limited time, you'll get $10 when you place your first investment. Again, that's fundrise.com slash pomp. Go check it out. And when you make your first investment, they'll give you $10 on top of it. Fundrise.com slash pomp. Today's episode is brought to you by Brave. Brave Wallet is the first secure crypto wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. What's Web3? Web3 is freedom from big tech and Wall Street, more control and better privacy. But there's a weak point in Web3, your crypto wallet. Most wallets are browser extensions, a Web2 technology. That means the same old risks, app spoofing, phishing scams, and theft. Brave Wallet is different. Brave Wallet is the first secure wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. No extension required. With Brave Wallet, you can buy, store, send, and swap assets, manage NFTs, even connect other wallets and dApps, all from the security of the best privacy browser on the market. Whether you're new to crypto or a seasoned pro, it's time to ditch those risky extensions. It's time to switch to Brave Wallet. Download Brave at brave.com slash pomp and click the wallet icon to get started. Again, go download Brave at brave.com slash pomp and click the wallet icon to get started. All right, let's get in this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, guys, today is a special episode. I have three friends... And my wife, who's one of the friends, but also annoys me sometimes, <laughs> all here. So I have Polina, I have Alex, and I have Mateo. And we're going to do a little different. We're going to test something. I have no clue if this is going to work or if Mateo and I are going to storm out of just being annoyed from this episode. <laughs> uh, oh, God, oh. we're already in it trouble. Can happen. <laughs> it can happen. <laughs> so we're going to talk uh, a little bit about the intersection between uh, business and relationships with... Uh, Alex and Mateo, obviously, are both co-founders of Eight Sleep, uh, two of the three co-founders, uh, and they also happen to be married. Uh, 
Mateo, uh, you are fortunate, but Alex is more fortunate that she uh, entered into that relationship. <laughs> I, I disagree, but we, we can we'll discuss. discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Going through uh, the details. And, and then Plin and I work together as well, and uh, she has been fortunate enough to uh, also oh. put up with me for uh, uh, I have been fortunate for years now, <laughs> which is uh, surprising. So uh, the first thing I want to talk about is just uh, communication which obviously I'm a great communicator, as Plano will uh, attest to. But <laughs> um, you guys have some very unique ways of communicating because you have work communication and then you have personal communication. So describe to people or explain like the logic behind this. Yeah, well, first I'll caveat that by saying, I'll let you describe it, but Mateo finds a process in everything, okay? That's just maybe like I'll say his forte. He wants a framework, he wants a process. So over the close to 11 years or so we've been together, bunch of those working together, he figured out a process so that this thing of us working and living together and spending basically 24 hours a day together could function. But I think it's a great process. So uh, yeah. I, I Wait, think it works on, before You guys work together at your house in different offices, right? Like Correct. You, you don't go to an office, like you were in your home 24 hours a day, yeah. essentially. Yeah, okay. that's like post-COVID life. So like okay, before yeah. we were going to an office and you know, the whole thing, like what we used to call the rat life and you, you wake <laughs> up and you're in an office by 8 a.m. and then you leave at 8 p.m. Now we moved to Miami, you know, we work, the company's remote, so we work at home. Each of us has an office. Now, Mateo's the CEO of the company, I run marketing, so he's my boss. So, you know, there's also <laughs> that sort of dynamic. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Boss at, no. You know, <laughs> like he is at work, you know, and like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's interesting, I think, yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. think about it because there's a lot of couples that work together. Maybe they have like a function that's almost like co-CEOs or something. But like in this case at the company, we have right. other executives in the team. So like it is st a structured company and like he is my manager. So we had to figure out a way yeah. to communicate about the different topics in our life. Yeah. And I mean, we are really serious about the, the roles. We have a one-on-one. -on -one. Um, every Tuesday, and then usually we do it on Saturdays. And um, yeah, she sends me the agenda. We go through all the bullets. My chief of staff joins, and we treat it like any other executive. Hold on, hold on. You're skipping over this and like <laughs> downplay this. So you guys do a one on one. And the only reason why I plan and I know this because you guys told us this before, and plan and I'm like, oh man, they're way ahead of us on this. Like we should learn from this. You guys do a one on one every single week, but you do it from your house. You're in the same house, two different rooms, and you get on Zoom to do it and you have the chief of staff join so that it's no different than if either one of you is doing a one-on-one -on -one with anyone else in the company. Yeah, or yeah. we'll do it in person if like if his chief of staff who lives in Miami too now is at home, we'll just, you know, go yeah. all together and, and, but it's, it's formal. Like, I mean, he will, you know, kick my ass if something's not going well. It's just like a normal relationship but, at work. So That's the, wild. the best part is if the chief of staff, Alex, his name is Alex, is not in Miami, then we do it on Zoom. And at that point I do in my room, she does in her room and everyone <laughs> is completely independent. But the best part of all this is she's always, so people send me the agenda for the one-on-one -on -one the night before, but she's always late at sending it. And so every Monday night, she's still working at like 10 p.m. And I say, what the hell are you doing? Why don't we not do, no, spend some time together? Oh, I have to send the agenda to my boss. No, I gotta say, that is not late because I have until the end of the previous day yeah. to send it. True. So exactly. I'm still yeah. you do on your own it's time. True. Exactly. It's late in terms of personal life, <laughs> but she's still fine in terms of professional life. And so as a CEO, That's I'm good. Life. But as a husband, I'm pissed. So, okay, wait, 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 wait. So, okay. How, when you guys disagree, because I think this is one thing that me and Anthony are definitely not good at. You can tell, like right now, if we're talking, if he says something that pisses me off, even if it's a professional setting, like you'll notice that I'm pissed off. How do you like at work compartmentalize being upset at your boss or being upset with your executive without bringing it into your personal life? Yeah, I think this is something that Mateo was actually much better than me at doing. And over the years, I had to learn how to do that. But for us, which is really interesting, is like we almost never really fight or disagree on things in our personal life. So hmm. it's it's usually that we would bring, and usually I would bring, the resentments or the anger yes. or the stress of work to the personal yeah. hours. And so it, I, I just had to deal with that, with the fact that like when we shut the computers and you know, just like he would do with anyone else in the company, he's not with them all day, 
Uh, we may stop talking about work. Then we'll talk about how he still slacks me about work. That's okay. Um, but I can't bring that to huh. the relationship, right? Like hey, it's this done. Can't be, this can't be just shit on Mateo the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the whole podcast is going to be shit on poor Mateo. Wait, wait, wait. Talk about, talk about the separation of... Yeah, so, that, so then this is one yeah. of the main reasons why the, the communication structure and that system. process yeah. really yeah. helps. All right, so what's the so, system? Okay, we have two rules. So the first <laughs> one is about, okay, how do we communicate? And so we use Slack and WhatsApp. Um, on Slack, Slack, there is professional life. And obviously on WhatsApp, there is personal life. But the interesting thing is that sometimes I'm complaining on Slack about something. Maybe we need to move faster or we didn't do something. But at the same time, I'm WhatsApping her about, okay, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? Uh, my dear love. <laughs> that's <laughs> and then that's and, what you were mentioning. Right? Yeah. When you were pissed, you're like, how can he be writing to right. me about dinner when he's like telling me all these things? I'm able but, to disconnect yeah. from one or the other and completely switch. So on one side is, oh, what what beautiful dinner are we going to have? Do you want to go out for dinner? While on the other My side, love. I'm complaining, get this thing done now because we are late. And, so, but, but your brain works like that, yeah. I think. Alex, how did you like go along with the system and how did you train yourself to be okay? With Honestly, it's like years of it. Like we've been together for so long. We've yeah. worked together for so long that at the beginning it wasn't like that. Like I think right. we were be, the, like before it's like, like we've always done projects together. Like we've been that type of couple. And so the first sort of projects we would do over the weekends and stuff, we were fighting much more. Like it was, it was painful. And I think you have to go through that process sometimes, but you have to understand that both of you are doing with the best of intentions. You right. want the same goal. You start learning how to communicate, how to like bring up those emotions in the right moment and the right setting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it was just sort of training and I needed that, those training wheels that maybe for him it was easier. And I think it's just a matter of character and personalities and everyone's going to be a bit different. Yeah. And now I think it works pretty well. Like it's yeah. rare that we bring that mesh. Actually, we integrate our conversations much more. There's less of this resistance where I say like, don't talk to me at work or let's not do this. Just mm. it needs to integrate at the end of the do day. Do you guys stop ever talking about work? No. Because I get yelled at all okay, the time. Okay, no, sometimes, sometimes. So. I don't stop. Yeah. And Plin will be like, <laughs> stop. And I'll be like, but like, this is just how my mind works. Yeah. Like I can't. But there is the second rule. Oh, well, second so rule. the second rule <laughs> is I could keep talking about work 24 seven, like nonstop, like, like you, but it's not the same for her. So sometimes she wants uh, her space. And so she started setting this rule where around, I don't know, 9 p.m., call it whatever, I need to stop talking about work because it's not healthy for her. And she said, no, when, when, no, when she was complaining, she said, oh, you need to treat me like any other executive on this. And so I started thinking, I said, fine, I cannot talk about work, but I can still slack other executives, so I can slack you as well, right? Oh, and, no. And oh, so no. sometimes we are on the couch and we are watching a show or whatever. I, my brain starts thinking and I start slacking her and there is her phone vibrating on the couch and it's me. And I keep writing, just waiting for her to read my message because I think I had a very cool idea. <laughs> How many times has she thought it was a good idea? Few. <laughs> you know, it's a matter of mindset. Uh, yeah. So I still think it's a good idea. Yeah. 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 I, I think one of the things, uh, Polina got this idea. I think it was from Cat Cole. Cat right? Cole, yeah. Where uh, Polina was like, hey, we should do these uh, monthly check-ins. And I immediately, I was like, I'm out. Like, I, I don't need to check in anywhere. We talk every day. We're good. She was like, no, like, what, how many questions are there? So it's like I adapted it from Kat Cole. I listened to a podcast of her and her husband. And basically they were talking about when they were growing up, they didn't see like a great model for a great marriage. So they were like, how can we make our marriage good? So they asked a bunch of people like, you know, what, um, what, what do you do to make sure that your marriage is a good one? And they said, like, make sure that you don't just reserve checking in with each other like once a year, do it more often than that. So they devised this like plan where it's every month, there's eight to 10 questions, I think, uh, but they're meant to like promote good conversation. And we started doing it when we got married in July of 2020, every single month. Um, and it's really cool now to look back, even though- She some, writes down the answers. Oh, yeah, that's that nice. Yeah. And goes and looks back. And the questions are of the sort, and I think Kat has an entire uh, article on this. She has all the questions online if you want to see it. But um, it's like, what can I do this month to be a better partner for you? Or uh, what did I do last month that you didn't like that I could change this month? <laughs> Things like that. 
And then one, but like, because it's Anthony, um, <laughs> one of the questions is like, what was your greatest gratitude last month? And I'd be like, you know, this, I'm so happy to have this like partner and this baby and whatever. And his is like, I got my teeth cleaned. <laughs> that's not, that's not. <laughs> I didn't, I don't know. You can take that a lot of Maybe different ways. You, like it, it was a big moment. Exactly. I rescheduled the meeting six times exactly. with the dentist. Finally got it he done. Was so happy. You find it in the smallest of things. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's also Well, good. the other thing is that there's a question of what is the thing that you spent time on over the last month that uh, you didn't get a good return on your investment? Yeah, like basically, like like, how did you waste time? Yeah. And my answer is the same every single month, which is Twitter. But at the same time, like, but there's value in Twitter as well. So like there's some things that like, you know, you look and like, okay, next month, I don't want that to be the answer. I don't yeah. want that to be it's the cool thing. It's cool to see a pattern. And then other times they're just like, yeah, that's going to be my answer. Like you just write that down for the next six months. Cause that's going to be my answer for the next six months anyways. And the questions are personal or professional or both? They're kind of both. Um, yeah. It, one of them is like, you know, what's one thing that I could help you with at work this month or things like that. So that's an opportunity to be like, for example, I can tell him, Hey, I have uh, like three calls in the next two weeks. Can you watch the baby? Or like, mm -hmm. here's how you can help me. But it's a better way. I think what you said, Alex, like there's a time and a place for stuff. So if you think mentally think like, okay, I'm not going to bring this up now, but I'm going to bring it up at the check-in. It makes it better than like arguing you know, at 8 a.m. on a I'm putting Saturday. babysitter yeah. in my Twitter bio. <laughs> <laughs> we should do it as a friend. So yeah. we, we should start having the monthly check-in. How can I be a better friend? We should just yeah, do it right so, here. We can record it and publish exactly. it and then we can see. So we should tell the people who are watching or listening um, <laughs> that Mateo and Alex and us, every pretty much every Saturday, we go get pizza together and we well, like I'm not going to get pizza anymore. Mateo's going to make us pizza. Uh, yeah. 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 Make pizza. We raise our bar and now <laughs> we make pizza at home. <laughs> With the same dough of the pizzeria. <laughs> he was the understudy of the pizza maker. But yeah, we do things like this and like we talk about this stuff. So we thought, how cool would it be to record a conversation that we would normally have at the pizza place? All right. The number one question that Planet and I get from people whenever we've done podcasts in the past, et cetera, is how we make financial decisions. And, uh, or I think, big life decisions or big life decisions, but mainly financial decisions, uh, which are big life decisions. I feel like you guys are very similar to us in that we don't really disagree about that much. Like the biggest disagreement is, you know, maybe I left the cup out when yeah. I had tea at night before I went to sleep. Right. Like uh, which by the way, sounds like world war three when it's brought up, but like not that big of a deal. Um, how do you guys think about when you're going to make a purchase on something or saving versus investing? Like, how do you think about making financial decisions? Do you talk about it or do you just do whatever you want to do? Or? No, no. I actually think working together has made those decisions seem so much easier to, to take than anything else we deal with at work. So it, it, I think it's just this muscle that we've developed. We're, we're making decisions all the time at work. And, you know, when you are sharing your life with someone, you're making decisions all the time as well, but they seem so much easier to make. And we sort of use the same approach where we, we talk about it. Can you give an example, like a specific example, like for example, buying a car or yeah. buying a house or yeah. something like that? How did you? Yeah, two different examples. So on one side, we are pretty impulsive and we take decision quickly. Like when we moved to Miami, like we spoke about that a couple of days. It was April 2020. We came here because we found a house online that we liked and we came here and we made an offer. That offer didn't go through, but then we, we yeah. kept trying. And, and, and at the end, we found a, a house we liked. But... Sometimes we also take stupid decisions. Like I, I, I recently bought a motorbike just because I like motorbikes. And so I go to her, I'm saying, I'm going to buy a motorbike. And she says, when? Like today. Uh, and then <laughs> I, I had a slot in between meetings. I went and I got the motorbike and then, and oh then we God. went. <laughs> now, I have to say the reason why that works, and, and, and I have noticed this talking to my friends when they like get married or, you know, they're, they, maybe they've been married for a couple of years, is that sometimes partners don't talk about how they're going to manage their money. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why something like that works is like, how do you structure your finances? Like how much of it is money you put together with which you make decisions together and how much when both of you have an income, right, you say, well, there's a part of that income that will be reserved to whatever I want to do. And so I think all of that is like it needs to make sense as a system. It, it can't just be like, you know, maybe if, if, if he was buying that motorbike with money we had reserved for a purchase together. Yeah, of course I would be pissed. Right. But we have set up a system that yeah. allows us to be. Is it is it so detailed that you have like percentages where you're like, hey, we're going to both put 50% yeah. of yes. our salary? We, yes. oh, we actually have an Excel where 
Of course we did. Yeah, of course. <laughs> For the we Who created the Excel sheet? <laughs> created it. So we, we have all the data from Wait, the Wait, can, can I just say, I make a mess in that Excel, and he has to go in once a month, and he cleans it up. So that is how this relationship works. Okay. But now we have data from the past four or five years of all the expenses, and in the way we contribute, so we agree on percentages, but then I have my money, she has her own money. That is more uh, normal in Europe. Yeah. So I grew up with that you know, mindset, right? In Europe, usually, you know, the, the two partners, each of them, have, you know, they, can, they decide when they get married, but they substantially split you know, yeah. their own money. And so in our case, we have a, a gentleman. A agreed, hybrid structure. A hybrid structure where, yeah, we decide what's her percentage, what is my percentage, and everyone pays. But then in other things like, so we were looking recently for someone to file our taxes. And so I did the whole due diligence. I went through 12 different uh, tax advisors or whatever is the <laughs> right name. And I picked the right one. And so I was 100% on that. But now we need to file some documents and she's better at that boring stuff. And so, and so she now if, uh, um, fills yeah, out all, exactly. all the documents. So we kind of split the, the activities. Then in terms of investments, I'm, I'm the one who is active. She's the one who is more conservative. But then I'll, I'll, when I invest my, this sort of like the percentage is my money, yeah. then I'll ask him, right? So like that's also part of recognizing like what are the strengths or the things that maybe he's spending yep. more time on that he can guide me through or like help me. He has like a few more years of experience in life than me too. And so just, I think we really think of each other as like partners yeah. and there's yeah. no like competition. But she has her own portfolio, yeah. right? So I say, look, this is my portfolio. If you want to follow these percentages now in ETF or bonds or whatever, and then she decides what to do with her own money. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty much exactly what we do, except for yeah. Polina uh, goes off the rails every once in a while and hits me with the, I'm, do, the I'm doing this. And I'm like, well, that's actually a good idea. But uh, Oh, okay. So this is what I was going to say. So I think with decisions, we really don't, we haven't had like a disagreement. I think we're pretty aligned on like big life decisions. But um, I will say that, for example, if we disagree on something, if he wants to buy something or do something, and I'm like, I, I'm not sure that's a good idea. I ask questions mm. and then he likes it. But to me, I think it's like a, an argument, but he's actually, I don't, I, I've recently learned that the way he like makes decisions is he listens to all the questions even though he confidently rebuts them like during the argument, I'm like, no, no, you're wrong. And he's like, well, what about this? And what about this? And then a week will pass. And he was like, oh yeah, you're right. Like I didn't end up doing I it. I did the same. I, exactly. I, I, I love the debate. Yeah, I love the debate. <laughs> and then you keep thinking about that on your own. And yes. then maybe you change your mind and you go back and say, <laughs> but, okay. But see, this was, this was probably the biggest thing that I think, uh, I don't even really even think we figured this out until after we got married. Oh which my God, like, it took a while. <laughs> in, in hindsight, maybe I should have done a better job of explaining it, but Plano would be like, I can't believe that we got in an argument. And I'm like, what argument did we get in? And she would be, and then like a week later, she'd be like, like, I can't believe we fought about something. I'm like, what? what? And then I realized... I thought that we were just debating mm -hmm. or like, uh, like I kind of thought like, you know, it was like with me and my brother, we just like talk shit to each other. Right. And like five minutes later, you want to go get dinner? Sure. Let's go. Like there's no, uh, hard feelings. There's no any of this. Yeah. But Polina would take it as like, we got in an argument. I had the same, I had the same struggle, especially like when we started living together and like your life sort of changes, right? Like it's a big shift to start sharing your life with someone and you, you know, in our case, we're from different cultures too. I mean, you guys too, like yeah. you grew up in a different yeah. home with a different culture. And so there's like a lot of potential clashes there. Yeah. And you probably remember this in like the early years, but like I would definitely be much more sensitive and like maybe I wouldn't understand the tone or the types of questions or the mm -hmm. things or the actions. And like, yeah, you have to go through it and yeah. be able to voice it with, like you said, at least the right moment. Like yeah, yeah, you yeah. can be just like exploding all the time. You need to right. be able to think and say like, well, here's why I'm feeling this way. And then find the moment when you can discuss the things that after processing them actually make sense as something yeah. that hurt you. Yeah. And I, and I will say, I think like some people, uh, their partners are, are very emotional people. Like I think if I was in a relationship with somebody who was an emotional person, it would be much more explosive than like Mateo or Anthony are very logical. And I think it kind of like, you, you have to become more rational. We're going to clip that part. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, I said that one time, never again. <laughs> actually, a good topic for another podcast, if we will meet here again, it would be we always debate how naive we were when we started our relationship. Yeah. And yeah. no one taught us how to really assess a partner. 
Mm-hmm. You and guys were young still, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, but and when I, we started dating, yeah, yeah. I was twenty-one. Yeah, so, you were twenty-one. I mean, How old were you? Twenty. Yeah, twenty-eight, something like 28. that. Twenty-eight. All right. How I old were you when I met you? Five. Oh, you were or like four. a baby. Yeah, I saved you actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what if you were twenty? You said you were twenty-four. 20, you were like twenty-eight. Twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, partner selection, I think, is like probably one of the most important. Basically, there's two main important decisions you have to make in life. It's like who you spend your life with and where you spend your life, yeah. right? Those are the two things. And uh, what, what was it? Uh, Naval, maybe somebody yeah, recently Naval. said like yeah. environment. Uh, I actually disagree that environment's the number one, right? Partner's probably number yeah. one and then environment. Maybe environment can lead to partner or vice versa. Uh, but how did you think about partner selection? Like why Why did you like, oh, this 21-year-old, like I'm gonna spend the rest <laughs> yeah. of my life with her. I think, I mean, we, di- we, we talk about that all the times and I think we were extremely naive. We didn't assess all the things, right? And, but the risk, no one taught us how to assess a partner. There is just this concept of love is the person that you love. Yeah. But well, the- I'll actually say this. I think they tell you a lot about how to assess the person. Is the person this? Is the person that? Mm-hmm. Is the person? It's like you're judging a person yeah. instead of saying, how do we fit together? Yeah. Right? It's almost like when you're hiring, if you're just looking at the candidate and saying, like, oh, look at this perfect resume. Right. That's not enough. You need to understand how that person fits into what you need in your organization, where you want to go, how this person needs to grow. And I think that's the mistake that we make most of the times so that you just look at this person and you yeah. don't understand how that person fits with you and also with the life you want to live. Like, mm-hmm. In our case, you know, for me, when, when I was assessing this and, and I had an experience with a friend who, who also had like was having a, a relationship with someone from the UK. She's from Mexico. And I told her, it's like when I was assessing if I wanted to spend my life with an Italian guy, I had to understand that I was probably never going to go back to live in Tijuana where I grew up. Right. right. And that's a big decision to Anthony's point of where you live. Mm-hmm. Like you need to be aware that your life is just never going to be maybe what you dreamt of like you'll living back home with all your friends and in the same neighborhood as your parents. So there were some of those things in my mind, but certainly not with the depth of a lot of the things you encounter. Once you are married, you realize, wow, like we never maybe talked about this or we, it just like, it worked, but we were not like really aware. in that it worked? Or did you kind of grow together? We were lucky. And so- we grew together, but we were just lucky that we were able to do that, right? Yeah. But, okay, but I have to say this. I had a really good instinct because when I met Matteo, guys, <laughs> yes, I always tell this story, okay? When I met him, we were these youngsters, and I was living in Miami, so Miami has a big role in our lives, and... I met him at a club, Nikki Beach. This was 2010. This is wild. So met at a club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was a long time ago. Um... Halloween night. So not only at a club, it was like Halloween night. And so we Sober, met, we obviously. meet there. Uh, no, we were definitely drinking back then, um, <laughs> yeah. but we were not like drunk or anything. But so we meet there and Matteo being Matteo, he was like, you know, we chat for like 30 minutes and then he's like, give me your number. Let's have dinner tomorrow. And I'm like, whoa, this guy's aggressive. <laughs> and I, I didn't, done. <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't understand that he didn't live in Miami. Like obviously we were chatting for like 20, yeah. 30 minutes. So I, I thought he was very aggressive, but the point is he was leaving like two days later to go back yeah. to Italy where he was still living. So that's why he was being so aggressive or maybe he really liked me. <laughs> and so we go to have this dinner and I swear no, no, to wait, God. So wait, have I not heard? She doesn't tomorrow? give me the phone number. She gives me the email address. Not a phone number, just no. email address. Because I thought if I <laughs> give him my number, this guy's gonna be bugging me. Imagine if I actually don't because I didn't right, say yesterday right. dinner right then and there. I'm like, let me think about okay. it. Yeah, let's good for you. That That's boring. But so let's That's talk about boring. Let's talk about the framework. So I go back to the hotel and I immediately send an email following up. After no, the night at the Nikki Beach, asking following for dinner the following Nikki night. Beach Club. You know, so there is a framework in everything. You know, as you follow up in business. What was the subject line? Do oh we know? God, I probably can find that email. But like he yeah. he follows up immediately. By the time I get back to my dorm at UM, email I have this email <laughs> with his name, That's with his hilarious. full name. So I start googling him because I'm right. like, who's this guy? Like, I'm not gonna go to See, dinner with a guy. Is that weird? Research. Is that he weird? He said that I was stalking. It's research. Oh, we'll research. Get to you in no, a we're not. It's very important to do your research. Yes. And so I Google him. There are these articles coming up of his previous companies. And like, he's like all dressed in a suit and he's like standing with this, like his so arms cool. in front of his chest. Yeah. He was like, cool. Right. But anyways, we go to have this dinner. I'm like, you have to come over all the way here by UM, which, you know, for people who don't know Miami, that's not in Coral Gables. And then like he yeah. was staying in Miami beach. And so he was really thinking whether he should even come. Imagine this. He would have missed the opportunity of his yeah. life. 
I was this close to not wow. go because I was there with my co-founder. I was in Miami with my co-founder and my co-founder started inviting me to another place uh, oh. for, for that evening. And so until like 10 minutes before you not know, calling the, the taxi, I had you not know, to decide. And, and then I said, okay, let me, let me go. Changed his life. Wow. wow. So wow. he comes to this dinner and I still remember like, that's actually when we started chatting, like, oh, tell me about you. Cause you know, you don't do that at the club. And just from the way he was describing himself, hmm. I had like this moment, this like aha, like Oprah says, or like the aha moment. I'm like, holy, like this, this guy is what I felt he at the time. Chit chat. No, no. Like what <laughs> I felt, it wasn't even that like I fell in love with him in that moment or anything. It was, yeah. I realized for some reason I interpreted it this way. It's like, this guy is me in a man. Yeah. And I, my mom, my, positive. Yeah. <laughs> my mom actually at, at our wedding, she gave a speech because my dad was no longer with us. And she said this story, right? I told her, it's like this guy, I met like this guy's like me, meaning I always, I was always like a very ambitious and woman. And, you know, I wanted yeah. to do certain things in life. And like, I, I found it hard. I had found it at the time hard to meet men who liked that or who yeah. were okay with that. And so when he was just describing himself, which was something very simple, and he was just not telling me anything big or trying to be cocky yeah. or arrogant, it just sort of clicked. Yeah. And I was like, if I ever see this guy again, because by the dinner, I obviously understood he didn't live in the US. If I ever see him again, I think I'm going to marry him. So you want to hear what's crazy? Is the very first time that Polita and I ever met, ask her what she asked me. At, by the way. Oh, I did. Okay. A work meeting. Okay, but hold on a second. <laughs> a hold work on meeting. A second. Let me frame this because I had been thinking about this. Um, and that's what, and I was like, oh, because he just seemed very, um, like, okay. What you just said, um, you were one of the few people that I had ever met who actually asked questions and paid attention. So like, I would have this thing where if I'm not really like, if I don't want to talk about something, I would just change the subject and the other person wouldn't notice. But like, he was like, no, 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 no. Like, well, what, what were you going to say? And it was like, oh, you're actually listening. Well, because <laughs> in my world, that's just bullshit, right? It's like, oh, like my bullshit meter is very Remember well Remember the Christmas tree? And so she would like try to change the subject. And so at one point- Where she, she, to she was interviewing you? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Just we're like we're just meeting. Uh, I, I won't go into all the details and embarrass her, but we we're just meeting. <laughs> uh, I thought I was at a business meeting. I, oh, we she were didn't. at a business meeting. Um, and, uh, <laughs> This is like the, we were on a break or we were not on a break. Yeah, yes. It's a whole thing. But long story <laughs> short is she would like, I'd ask her a question and she would like kind of half-ass answer. And then she would like try to divert the conversation. So one of the things that she said, I mean, you can't make this up. <laughs> she was like, what's the weather like in North Carolina? And I was like, what? It was like in the middle. <laughs> or, or like another time she was like, do you think that Christmas tree back there is a real one or a fake one? And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> like, like what is going on right now? But the question that she did ask me at one point was, uh, do you think that two ambitious people could be together? Hmm. And I remember yeah. like, that's a very fascinating question. Yeah. I've never thought about that because just like if people aren't ambitious, like I kind of just like get rid of them, right? Yeah. Like, like, I just, like you're you know, bored or you don't find it interesting. Yeah, just yeah. like I just like move. It's like, you know, you're just kind of like rotating through friends or whatever but, until you find people who you're like, oh, these are like people who, you know, I feel comfortable around, I, I whatever. And like ambition was probably one of the core things throughout, yeah. whether it was my family, my friends, you know, people I dated, whatever. And so when she asked me that, I was like, I never really like thought about this idea. And she's like, well, exactly kind of what you're saying of like, yeah, you there's like a, a lot of answer. dudes who don't like that. And I was like, oh, so, so yeah, to stupid. me, I, that came at a time where I was like convinced that if two ambitious people are together, eventually it like won't work out because you're both ambitious and whatever. But your answer to that question was actually really What was my answer? Do you remember? Nope. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Basically you said like- Probably great one though. There's, um, there's like two types of people, right? Oh, I do like, remember this, yeah. Yeah. So you either meet, really, really young, like in high school or college, and you grow together. Navigate life together. You navigate life together, but you end up growing together, right? And, yeah. even and make it really to the other young. side. Like almost think of it like mm -hmm. an obstacle course. Two people start an obstacle course, right? If, uh, and you're both like 15, 16, 17 years old. And as you run through the obstacle course, you both have to make it to the end together, right? Mm -hmm. So like you're not only are transitioning from high school to college, college to working, working yeah. to, you know, family, like all these different transitions in your own life, but you have to do it at about the same pace and at the same complexity, maturity, et cetera, as the other person. 
It's like very hard to do. Yeah. Right. And so like pretty much every person I've ever known, like they were way more mature than I was or vice versa, like whatever. And so if you can't do that, which is like navigate it all side by side, then the only other way to actually get to like a long lasting relationship in my mind was like, you both run the obstacle course by yourself. And then at some point you meet way down the road. Mm. And when you do that, it's much easier because you basically have, uh, you haven't had to meet all those challenges together when you might not have grown at the same pace. Mm. And so that was my point to her was like, yeah, you could either be really young and meet and like navigate it all, or you got to wait till later. But the like meeting halfway usually doesn't work because people are at different points in their career. They don't have the trust of having known each other for a long period of time. Like it's just very hard, I think to do that. Uh, and so when we met, I was like, well, like, you know, I'm older. So like, well, I'm yeah, older so where do you think you two met? Yeah. In yeah, I was going to say, I also think it matters though. I think we met later. Like, I think we had both done things or like been successful in different areas of our lives. But to me, success then is nowhere near what success is now. Um, but when we met, I actually, I'm really glad that we met in 2016, like way before all this crap, like way before Bitcoin and all this stuff. Um, because I mean, like you weren't Pl- making plan- any money. I wasn't making plan- any money. literally <laughs> met me at like, a lot of people forget this and, uh, there, people go Google it, but like I had this like great career, took a huge cratering hit. That's at the bottom is when I met Polina. And it was unique because I actually don't think I would have trusted her at like almost any other point if I met her a year before or a year later, it's like kind of questionable. Right. And so, uh, I think that there's this weird thing also of like you guys met and you met at a time in your lives where like you could trust people. You could like, like it wasn't, you didn't have to worry about like, why is this person talking to me, whatever. But like, if Mateo was single right now and he went to a bar and somebody came up to him and was like, Oh, you're the eight sleep founder. Right. Like that would be like a weird way to like start a relationship with somebody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think a lot about like when you actually end up meeting somebody, are you in a position in your life where you could trust them and that you don't think they have alternative motives or anything like that? Like how many, you know, what what was it? Somebody said, uh, um, I mean like, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say Kim Kardashian's had like four divorces I read online and like, how do you, if you're Kim Kardashian, you meet somebody it's hard like, to trust. Well, why, why, why are they showing up? Right. Like, yeah. like that's the extreme example of it, but like, that's just a hard situation. Yeah, it happens all the time. I think with people that build certain level of power, wealth, Absolutely. especially fame, like, yeah. it, it makes it really difficult. And, and like I was nobody at fortune magazine, right? Like I was the lowest of the lowest level reporter, but I always had it in the back of my head. Like, is this so-and-so interested because maybe not in me, but like potential fortune coverage, Correct. which they, you know, Little did they know I could never write about them because it's conflict of interest, whatever. But but it's like it's always in your head. Like, if I continue down this trajectory, like, am I always going to have to keep that in mind? I, I think there's actually a dynamic too that there is the the trust part in terms of yeah, maybe who you are, how much money you have, or whatever. But like, even I think in young women of like, are they with me just because like I'm young and pretty and whatever, right. and they'll like leave me in a few months? And I think a lot of people don't talk about that too sometimes of. You know, just it, trust and, and like in it has to be built in, in really believing that people want to be with you because of who you are. And I think that to your point of, you know, Kim or a lot of you know, people imagine if you're like a beautiful model and you're yeah. young and you're trying to find like a real partner. I'm sure that it makes it difficult because you wonder if they're with you just because of your yeah. looks. And if at some point they'll get tired of that and want to look for something else. Yes. Yeah. I, I do think there's a, a piece also of like uh, if you could build a company with somebody, then you probably could be in a relationship with them. Like like there's this weird thing of like. Uh, Polina brought this up to me one time, uh, the terminology, uh, was it trophy wife? Oh yeah. You explained where, where this origin came from? No, I don't know the history. I don't know the history. I know what it means. Oh, it's fantastic. Okay. So it's not, it does So it it changed. This is, this is the key thing. The way that we think a trophy wife now, I think is like, uh, I just thought of a word. I don't think I'm allowed to say, but like, you know, it's kind of like the, 
Uh, the man marries an attractive younger woman who uh, yeah. uh, is the trophy wife because of how she looks and she, her age, like all this stuff. Right. But actually it started out completely different meaning. So mm. uh, this yeah, reporter, no. Carol Loomis, worked at Fortune magazine and she wrote about this. I think it was in the 80s. It was when all these CEOs were... They were very high power CEOs, but they had married young, right? So they had married someone who was kind of like, you know, they, they didn't grow together. Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't, maybe their partner wasn't necessarily interested in what they did, et cetera. They weren't true partners. And then there was this like slew of CEOs getting divorced and marrying the second wife. And the second wife she referred to as the trophy wife, but it used to mean like entrepreneurial, uh, more equal partner. So that's the actual Not sort of partner that they chose knowingly. That they chose, yep, and that's an actual yep. achievement in right, a way. Right, that's right, interesting. Right. Not, you know, like the the trophy wife that we think of today. Yeah. There is one, I think one topic that very few people cover that if you find the right partner and you start growing together, that will probably increase your chances of success. And I'm not just talking about professional. No, yeah. it could be professional, personal, everything, right? But so, and we see it as also as co-founders. I think in our case, yeah, maybe the age we were not, not just out of college, but if you think, I just moved to the US when we started living together. So it was like the beginning of a new journey for me. Mm-hmm. We both got into tech at the same time. So we were like at T0 when we got into tech. And everything we did, we did it together from that moment on. But I think very few people talk about the fact that if you find the right partner and then you start sharing a goal and you are aligned in terms of values and mission, almost like Mm -hmm. really in the company, that is going to accelerate and push you to raise your bar continuously. In our case, right, we we share friends, but we also share contacts. We read the the same kind of things. We are obsessed about the same topics. And so, yeah, she's my wife, but she's also like almost a tech buddy. And so we have a lot of fun debating things that happen on Twitter or Mm -hmm. in tech every single week. It's um, uh, the overlap of intellectual curiosity is like really important. And uh, if you think about the things that, either Alex, Mateo, Plina are interested in, if you couldn't sit down and have that conversation with your significant other, like life would be kind of boring almost, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think a lot about like focus, right? Of, uh, there's this, I'll call it a meme, I don't know, like passage or whatever on uh, on Instagram a lot um, that I see people post and it's something to the effect of like, hey, find one woman, focus, and you'll be amazed at like what can happen, right? And Sure, like there's some elements of that that are true, but I actually think it's the right person. Like Planet and I probably spend, I don't know, in the last three days, we've watched the same thing. We've both been like, man, we can't wait to watch that documentary. We can't wait to Jamie watch that Diamond, uh, Carl Icahn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the same podcast, right? We were same driving on podcast, like yeah. all that yes, stuff. Yes, exactly. We listened to three podcasts in a row about tech on Saturday while we were driving, (laughs) right? And then you debate that. Right. And I think this, it's hard to find the the perfect partner for for this, right? Because they can have different interests. But if you are aligned in terms of interest, I think it makes things way easier for the couple because you have so much to talk about. Yes. Right? No, it's I, not that she's doing a completely different job where maybe I don't really care about what she's doing, even if it's interesting. She's in fashion. Maybe I don't care about fashion. And then no, she starts going in a different direction from mine. Here we live and breathe the same topics every day. Yeah. But I think it, it can work. So you don't have to be in the same industry. No. I think it's like that understanding of whether there are some things you would be overlapping in, in terms of interest. Yeah. Like there has to be maybe like, say, if I was in fashion where could we discuss about like the high performing creative individuals? In fact, like it happens actually a lot of times, like I love listening to stories from like celebrities or these creatives, people like telling their stories, like on YouTube or whatever, these interviews, and maybe he doesn't gravitate initially towards those, but I'm still still able to bring those stories into our conversations because he's generally interested in how high performing Mm -hmm. people think. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. like he could care less about, hold on could not care less about um, the Kardashians, but like Chris Jenner. Chris Jenner, that one is a genius. amazing, yes. That one was a genius. Are you kidding me? So, but like, but it I don't know until, anything about the Kardashians, but I know Chris Jenner's a genius. But it wasn't until like I brought that story to you that you were like, oh, she's interesting. 
Yeah. Well, well, and I think it's also, uh, there's people who are interesting, but there's also like ideas, right? Cause yeah. if you're interested in just like, whether it's high performance individuals, businesses, whatever, like a lot of times you can see something that happens in one industry and you're like, Oh, you could take that same idea and apply it. Maybe it's a mm-hmm. little bit different. Maybe it's in, uh, you know, it's not software and now it needs to be software or whatever, but like, I don't know, you know, uh, something that I know is close to Mateo's heart. It's like Ferrari, Lamborghini, you know, luxury brands, how they position it, where they market. Like you can learn a bunch from it and then you can take it and you could literally go do it with any other type of business. And so like, I think that's probably where I get like the most interesting stuff. And, um, what, what is the, uh, there's a documentary on, I think his name is Evan Funk. I think is how, oh, how it the is. Pasta maker. That's his name, right? Yeah. Uh, uh it's yeah, spelled he, F-U-N-K-E maybe. Yeah. So there's a guy who, uh, he's got a restaurant in Los Angeles. He's world famous. A friend of mine told me, Hey, go watch this documentary. And I'm like, I don't know anything about pasta really. Like I don't care, like all this stuff. (laughs) For sure. So this guy goes to Italy for a year or something and he studies under like the best pasta makers. No, but in he Italy. also studies under like the grandmothers who like make oh, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best yeah. aren't like, I'm not talking like Michelin five-star chef. I'm talking about like literally the, you know, uh, the, the actual grandmothers making Italian pasta, whatever. And then he comes back and he puts his own flair on it, but he creates this restaurant in Los Angeles and it's like this amazing thing, but they document the whole thing. And you're just like at the most macro level, like going and learning and putting in the work to get the knowledge of doing that. How many people would have flown there for a couple of days and be like, okay, I saw what they, you know, I saw how they cut it and they left. But like this guy like moved there for six months, 12 months, yeah. whatever it was, and did it every single day and came back. And now he's like this great person. And That's like, amazing. man, sometimes that that is the secret to it, right? Yeah. It's just seeing how somebody else did it and then moving it over. Yeah. And that inspires you. So we're yeah. kind of that way. Like we want to watch those things together because we find joy yeah. and motivation in, in those same sort of media products, but definitely when I'm watching the Kardashians, which I <laughs> love to watch, he doesn't tune in, right? And so you also can have like your own hobbies or things you enjoy but doing. But if it was a documentary about her, how she <laughs> yeah. went from zero to what right. she is today, I would be yeah. super excited to watch yeah. it because, no, I want to learn from her. Like. Yeah. yeah. All right. Last topic I want to talk about, then we'll get into the closing questions, is time versus money. And this is the thing that Polina and I probably... Uh, we, we recognize that we approach this differently, oh, yeah, yeah. but a lot of times there will be things that aren't like overly expensive, but they will save me time. And I'm like, I'll spend the money all day long. Like just give me my time. Polina's mentality okay. usually is the opposite of like, I'll just do it myself. So I don't have to spend the money. And it's interesting because like, there is no right answer. It's like, what are you optimizing for? Okay. But I think this is exactly what Alex said earlier about like cultural differences. Yes. For example, when we came to the U.S., like, we lived in apartments where, like, you turned the lights on and you, like, the, the cockroaches weren't even scared to leave. They were just there. <laughs> so, like, like, I, from coming from that, and even if I do have the money for something, it, there's still this, like, mental block of, like, yeah, but I can just do it. It's like, you know, do you have somebody come clean your house? I'm like, I can just do it, you know, even though it will not probably save me money, whatever. But I just, I can't, like, it's hard for me to get through, like, I didn't have money. And then once you have some money, it's like, how do you, like, get yeah. through time yeah. and Have money? you ever heard Oprah talk about the first thing she bought when she made money? And it was, no. like, towels. Oh, really? Like, good towels. Yeah, because, like, when you come from She's obsessed nothing, with Oprah. I love I mean, Oprah if, was so If she inspiring. can meet one person in the world. Oprah. Amazing entre- entrepreneur. Exactly. Well, that's what I always loved about because her. Because she grew up watching watch, her. Watching yeah. her. And so and it's like, there's this Oprah black woman who's, her. like, building this empire. Like, how I can do that And she well. was incredibly smart, too. Yeah. Not just about building, like, mm-hmm. what was a great career, but also owning everything as soon as possible. Yeah. Right. And like getting ownership of the network. All right. So (laughs) to close, there's a couple of questions I think that we should ask and maybe we'll do, if we do this again, we'll ask the same questions. Uh, The first one is what's the one thing that your partner did that annoyed you this past week? I can start. Oh my God. I feel so insulted right now. No, I was waiting for this since when he told me yesterday that this was a question. I started thinking (laughs) out of these 10, 15 things, which one should I pick? Uh, So on Saturday, we drove to Palm Beach and 
as soon as she gets in the car, she starts changing the temperature, you know, bringing it down, and she doesn't get that it takes a little bit of time for the car to just reach the, uh, you know, the 70 degree temperature, and she keeps moving down. And so all the times I tell her, oh, you shouldn't do that. Just wait a couple of minutes, and then we'll reach the right temperature. Guys, I get hot. I sweat. He doesn't sweat because he probably oh. has like a 5% body fat, and I'm over That's here ridiculous. sweating, and I'm like, can I please just put it lower? This is the fight now. That's That's... <laughs> The things we fight about. I love that. I mean, In this I have case, to say that you both have a point here, so I'm just going to step out of this one. Good, you, good. Good. But can, can I just can I just point out the expert thing that Alex just did? She said she gave him a compliment while saying he was wrong. <laughs> she the, said, the sandwich structure, exactly. right? She's like, All he has five percent right. body fat, but he's wrong. <laughs> Alex, what did he do? I was going to kind of use the same one. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Wait, amazing. no, you didn't do the full thing. That, that's well, we a, have that's these. You, you never saw it. So we say like that, this. That. Oh, oh, nice. I like oh, it. Do we need one? It's like we're 12 year olds or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need one. Yeah, you I think that one. Remember. But like Mateo does the same thing that you were mentioning about the cup that Anthony does. Where <sighs> like he doesn't put the teacup or the espresso cup anywhere other than where he left it. But I've gotten used to mean? it. You know, it's it's a compromise. Like you don't take it to the sink. You don't no, put it I in put the it sink. I put it in the sink and I also flip it. Oh, okay. I'm going to take a picture next time we're going to share did, yeah, it. Yeah, I completely disagree. <laughs> I'm going to tweet it. For Mateo, it's it's a coffee cup or an espresso cup. For him, it's a vase because he drinks water <laughs> out of a vase <laughs> that he doesn't know is a vase. Do you have a picture of the vase? Big cup. I was like, are you drinking coffee or water out of my? Flower vase. I thought it was a big cup. It's like a it's like a small vase and big cup. Whatever. All right. What did I do to annoy you? Okay. Okay. So I didn't address this with you, but um, this the other day, part of the monthly check-in. <laughs> yeah. But. but like now, I can't say it because he's like calming the baby. <sighs> okay. Well, the other day we were at a friend's apartment, and Sophia was sleeping. Oh. Hey. She, she remembers. She, she she remembers. She was sleeping, and you know if you're a first time parent how important it is for the baby to sleep because you have some time. And all is well, it's quiet, birds are chirping, we are talking. And he goes, okay, I'm gonna wake up my friend so I can play with my friend. And I'm like, no, your friend is sleeping. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Aw. What are you doing? So yeah, so I was like, your friend is sleeping, let her sleep. You can play with her later. He's like, no, I, re I really, I really think I need to play with her right now. And I'm like, I, I really don't think you do. And this is playing out in front of people, so I'm like, oh. But I keep it cool. I'm like, well, I didn't really keep it cool, but I was like, you don't play with her. But then eventually, I conceded, and I was like, fine. So then he woke up the baby, and that's it. But I'm just like, never wake. Did he a have to sleep baby. the baby afterwards, or he was off the hook? Well, she, she was. <laughs> Because she was also pissed you woke her up. She, so that one time, of course, she didn't cry. I was like, of course, this one time. Story. Anyway, never wake a sleeping baby. And he did. And I was not, I was upset. I, I wasn't that upset about it. I was just annoyed. For the record, did she cry? She did not cry. This okay, one time. So. She loved it. <laughs> She's crying now, though. Shh. <laughs> So, for the record, I was right. All right. So, the thing that you annoyed me with this oh week, God, I've been oh thinking God, long and hard about this. I asking about this. You've asked me a bunch of times. There's, there's actually two things that you oh did God. that I thought I should bring up. Uh, one is exactly what you just said, which is when I want to play with the baby, let me play with the baby. Like, it's, it's time for us to hang out. Like, I just, I could feel it. There's like this energy thing. It's a vibe These inspires. Yeah, There's just like, I could just feel that the baby is like, where is my dad? So, like, let me mm, play with the baby. Okay. Uh, the second thing actually is uh, also related to the baby, which is Paulina has way too much confidence in me. And at times she will leave me with the baby alone. Like today. <laughs> uh, today was one uh, situation, but that wasn't that bad. Uh, last night it happened. Two or three weeks ago it happened as well, where she'll say, hey, just hold the baby. I'll be back in five minutes or 15 or 20 minutes. And then she'll leave. And she's laughing right now because the second the second she leaves, all hell breaks loose. The baby starts screaming like literally the baby's being murdered. And the baby, I don't know how knows this, but she'll stop two minutes before Plina comes back. Oh and Plina will come back and be like, when I left, the baby wasn't crying. When I came back, the baby wasn't crying. Great job. And I'm like, 
I think that my eardrums have been blown out. <laughs> I'm about to go crazy. Like this baby wouldn't stop crying. And no matter what I did. And so I don't know if Sophia thinks it's funny. I don't know if Polina thinks it's funny. It's great. But Maybe they have an agreement about yeah, it. You I, don't know. About listen, it. I'm not really sure what's going on, but I do know that the baby, when I'm alone <laughs> with it, that we, uh, we have a unique relationship. So when Polina's <laughs> around, the baby loves me. When not, she screams. Uh, She's fine now. All right, you guys get to ask me and Mateo a question, and then we'll ask you guys. Yes, a question. we have it. Polina, go ahead. I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. Okay. If you guys had to write it down, of course. Okay. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30 year old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? You go first. Between the mind and the body? Yeah. For the last 60 years of your life. Oh, the mind. Yeah, mind, easy, not even close. Oh, I was so sure these guys are going to say that. Oh, so, really? Yeah. I wasn't sure because you, because yeah, they're all about their ideas. Exactly. It's right, all but, about being intellectually, you know. But if uh, you're like. Why would you, you want your body, but not your mind? Like you yeah. would be like crazy, but have like a six pack, like I'm out. Depends <laughs> on who you're trying to impress. So you you're still, you, exactly. You can still get tons of wives with that. With I don't know. If they then talk to you and they're like, oh, this guy like, doesn't remember my name. He's not all there. Yeah. Like, like and is there ever a situation where you're optimizing for something where you wouldn't want your mind, but you would want your body? Which, by the way, then I have a theory also about the fact that all that really matters is your brain. And so at a certain point we should switch to robots and our brain could control robots all over the world. And that is how you really achieve teletransportation. But true. Wow. That is true. That uh, took a turn. Right? You could control no, a that, robot no, in Japan yeah. right now with your brain because at that's the end of true. the day, your body is just something is almost a commodity that day after day gets older. Yeah. All that matters is your brain. If you can preserve your brain, you can live longer. And yeah, it's like, what is, what is the thing that people want to do when they teleport? Do they want to experience things or they want to do okay, things? You could solve all the exactly. doing things. Exactly. But if Anthony, I can, what? You complain about your back hurting like, all the time. Now imagine having a 90 year old's body for 60 years. That's okay. No, but the worst thing would be, I can't even remember my own name. I can't read. I can't well, okay. like, I don't I'm think talking the- to myself in the corner. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, yeah, if you lose your brain, that's exactly what it. No, but I think like a 90 year old's brain, it doesn't have, you don't have to be like completely out of it. Well, but I do think it probably gets a little slower. It gets slower. <laughs> I, I'll gladly have a bad back because the other thing is that money could solve a bad back, but it couldn't solve could your it? brain. Mm. Yeah, oh, for sure. Mm. Yeah, people could they get uh, what's his name? Shannon Sharp's getting a hip replacement. Like, you, I mean, yeah. you, get, you could get a good wheelchair too. Yeah, there's know? all kinds of things. I, the brain is like the last yeah, thing I, that money could solve, I think. And also, it's the thing that probably has the most impact on your life that you just never think about because it's like, oh, like, of course I'm thinking. Yeah. Like we couldn't have this conversation if you didn't have your brain. Right. Yeah. That but would. if I was 90, I, you could, guys could be having the conversation and I could jump in like five minutes later and be like, I have an idea. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's what you guys were saying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. La- last question is what's the funniest story you have about your partner? Wait, I thought of two. No, you only can say one. Oh, really? Wait, know, but- Cause it's me. So you can only say one. <laughs> go ahead. You go first. Should I? Sure. Should I do the, uh, you do whatever you do want. The- you sp- have your own brain. Should you do the sponge one or the couch one? Sponge one's pretty good. Okay. So. <laughs> Every guy in the world is going to side with me on this, but go ahead. Oh my God. <laughs> no, not if they knew the circumstances. So when Anthony and I met, I was living in a small studio apartment in New York. And as we all know, those things are small. So I don't have a dishwasher, right? So, so first of all, and by the way, this is the only time that he has ever just voluntarily like washed the dishes. So I'm in translation. I was washing the dishes. I'm in one side of the room and there's a small separation, like half wall. And then there's like the sink. So I don't see him, but I hear that he's washing the dishes. And I'm like, wow, look at this guy. And he's like, Oh, like all the dishes. And I'm like, wait a second. So I look over and then I remember, (laughs) or what I see is, He's, there's a, there's a yellow sponge that I keep there for the dishes, but that day she threw up. (laughs) So that day I had decided to, um, clean the bathroom, including the toilet, including the bath, everything. And one sponge, the blue one that I used for that activity, 
I left on the side away from like on the side of the sink, but away from, you know, the soap area. And then I realized that he washed the dishes with the toilet. That's a lot of explaining to explain. There was two sponges. (laughs) I didn't know that I was taking a quiz. I used the sponge that looked like I should, that had been used most recently. No, but the one that was furthest away from one was dry, so, one was wet. I said, oh, it looks like she uses this one. So I took was it. Was there a label on this sponge? No, there was no system. There was no system. There was no, but, system. But there was no, no system, no label, no framework. So <laughs> then I thought uh, I could read her Anthony mind. Anthony is but right. there's two sponges, just ask. Ah, see, I'm self-sufficient. I didn't need to ask. I got the plates clean-ish. <laughs> All right, Mateo, what do you got? So here is a funny story. So no, in the past, I don't know, a year, we went to many different furniture stores. And so when we go to these stores, sometimes we take pictures of the different furnitures and then we go back home and we look at the pictures again. And so most of the times there is always a picture of her lying down on a couch trying the couch. <laughs> like you got to try it. And I'm so always I have, trying that. Yeah, I have dozens of pictures of her trying every couch on earth uh, in these stores, even if we have a couch, but, but she it, loves to try it. It makes me look like I'm very lazy, you know, like yeah, I'm, I'm like the it's not that she's sitting properly. She's sitting like this. Yeah. <laughs> like she feels tired Al- and sleeping at the store. For Alex's birthday, I want a Twitter thread of all oh the couch. God, the, I, th- I think I, I deserve uh, that because yeah. it's actually pretty hilarious. And sometimes Google Photos will surface the memories for him. And it's like yeah. all these this collage of me on the couches. Yeah. The one I was thinking about, which is more of sort of like an adventure, but... Okay, for those who know Mateo, they know that like once he sets his mind to something, he wants to make that happen. And he's also pretty like adventurous. Like he takes a lot of risks. Um, That's not probably like my nature, but I've learned over time to embrace his risk taking. So we're in Italy a few years ago in the summer and we rent this small boat to go out in the water, just Mateo and I. And I trust him with my life. I'm like, you know, he evidently knows how to do everything, which, you know, he does. But also we're not like totally familiar with where we are. And the guy that rents us the boat says, here's the places where you can go with this like small boat for two people. So, you know, you don't have that much gas. You shouldn't go that far. But Mateo's like, no, like I really want to go in this other part. And I'm like, we shouldn't because the guy told us not to go there. Right. right? He told us to stay in this area. I really want to go there. So obviously we end up going there. We get lost. I'm shit scared that like we're going to be left in the middle yeah. of the open ocean. He's like, it's the Mediterranean is not really an open ocean. Okay. It's, it's, Still, we were like, <laughs> somebody will find you. <laughs> hours far away from the place yeah. where we actually had to make a turn. Oh God. We're lost. And obviously he's like, well, let's use the phone. And so we use Google no, Maps. Well, you're missing that the storm was coming as well. Yes. And we were running out of gas. So yes. don't miss the details. Oh my God. <laughs> so we started using Google Maps. Uh, because from, from with Google Maps, you know, you can see the coast and we yeah. understand yep. where we are. And with Google Maps in the middle of the ocean, we figure out how to get how back. How to home. get back. That doesn't and sound like, like a funny story. That sounds like an amazing well, feat of navigating. No, yes. We are resourceful. It's the encapsulation of who he is. Like he does this all the time. And so every time we're like, you know, we'll be somewhere and be, he'll take the street we shouldn't have taken. He'll do the thing people said we shouldn't do. So that was the first time I experienced that with him. And I'm like, okay, this is just how it's going to be. And I was just laughing about it. And it's like, I can't believe we survived thanks to Google Maps in the middle of the Mediterranean with our small boat thank running you, out of Larry. gas. But thank you very much. <laughs> but you got adventure out of it. It was an adventure. Yeah. That's amazing. So the only story that I have about Polita that is worth telling is uh, on one of me. our, no, like a funny, embarrassing one, <laughs> is uh, on our, uh, one of our very first dates hanging out in New York City, we decided we were going to go to the New York Public Library. Why you think this is funny? And, I will never know. Oh, just wait. And so, uh, you know, we meet out like outside the library or whatever. We go in. First of all, I didn't realize they have like uh, metal detectors and like I'm already like what is this place and so we start walking around and uh, we go up you know two three flights of stairs or whatever we got to do and all of a sudden we're walking down the hallway and Polina no we're walking upstairs oh she's walking up the stairs okay and all of a sudden Polina yelps like ah like that (laughs) Okay, and literally grabs with one of her hands the back of her hamstring and like is like her like like as if she got shot, <laughs> and I'm like, 
what's, what just happened? And she has like a, like a tote bag, I guess, or something in her hand. So I grabbed that out of her hand. I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I think I just pulled my hamstring. Oh, you did. <laughs> and I, I was like, was funny. literally a nerd got, she pulled her hamstring in the New York public library, walking <laughs> up the stairs. Specific. Very athletic. We're, this is probably like the fourth or fifth time we've ever hung out. And I had like a serious come to Jesus moment. I was like, can I be with a person who could possibly pull their hamstring in the library? Like, like this is something that I would mock and make fun of somebody back in like high school or something. Yeah, but well, here we are. Here we it are. It worked out. You did you, pull your hamstring in the wait, library. Do you guys think that you would be together if you knew each other in high school? No. Yeah. Hard no, too. No. I, I think it would have been <laughs> yeah, a yes for you if you would have met me in high school. No. You would have what? She was a, she was just there studying a nerd. Uh, I was I, the president of my class, too. Like, I was popular. I was, I was, I was not popular. really good at school. <laughs> I was popular. Yeah. People elected me. <laughs> yeah, like the president of the <laughs> yeah, class. Yeah, like, kind you of had to be popular yeah. for people to vote for you. For the pre- yeah. I could have never course. been seen with the president of the class. Or yeah. studying. I, I, I me neither. I image to keep up. <laughs> I I told Anthony, I was like, when I was in high school, I was in the journalism club. So I like, I was like, it's really cool. Like you go and you interview uh, the principal. And he was like, oh God, I, <laughs> I did not want to be anywhere near the principal. I was, I was trying to avoid the principal. <laughs> Usually when I was meeting the principal, it was not uh, yeah. for a good reason, at least for me. He, he was for sure filling out reports, but it wasn't. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we go, uh, plug eight sleep real quick. Where Plan and I sleep on it every single night. Where should people go uh, if they want to buy eight sleep? Well, given how much we talked about marriage and stuff, it is the perfect bed setup yes. what for a pitch. couples. Whoa. What a pitch. Can we tell the story of the other night of, of, the, of the big influencer? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. The one that I found on my Instagram. Yeah. I'm not going to say her name because she will eventually share. Uh, she's sleeping in a pod, but it was hilarious. Like, I was like two nights ago, I'm going through Instagrams. I always do because I love Instagram. And I see this woman who has multiple millions of followers who I follow and I love her content. And she's like this young influencer, entrepreneur. And she says, Oh, like, I've been sleeping on this bed that I really love, like me and my. I don't know what the name of her boyfriend is and we really love it. And I've been sleeping so great and it has this like cooling and heating technology and it's not indoors. And so, you know, I'll keep using it and then I'll tell y'all um, how, like, what's the brand once I use it more. Cause like my aura ring is telling me like my scores are through the roof. And I'm like, oh my God, like this has to be a pod. And you, my heart starts uh. racing. I'm like, oh my God, like she's talking about the pod, of course. So I DM her and I'm like, She's never going to see this. Like she has millions of followers. I'm not blue check. Like no one's going to see my is message. This, are we talking about Kim Kardashian? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, that I would probably have disclosed. And it. her boyfriend. Um, I can't remember his name. But she answered. She's like, yeah, like it, it is a pod. And like she was so excited. She's like, that's amazing that you have this company and blah, blah, blah. I was like, that, I, that was so cool. That's So did she post yet? Well, she hasn't disclosed as the pod. So then what happened is I'm a creeper. I'm just going through all her pictures where you could see the bed behind. Oh, like, my God. Yeah, she started saying, oh, I can see some dark <laughs> behind her. <laughs> the bed sheets is yes, probably a it pod. it is a pod for sure. And then oh she confirmed it was a pod. God. But so, yeah, I mean, So she is going to post. Uh, well, she'll eventually like share that like she, it is, yeah, that yeah. that's the brand name. Yeah. I mean, how many nights do you have to sleep on it before you're comfortable saying it works? Like pretty much after night one. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, so if you're a couple and you're looking for conversation starters, check out the profile at the profile.sunset.com. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony doesn't think that was funny. Oh. Hey. What is this game? She was in support of the profile. Yeah, she did not support that pitch. Yeah, does she need like a profile once? <laughs> oh, wait, she has one. She, do, uh, she yeah, does? Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you guys listening to this episode. Hopefully you liked it. Make sure that you go follow all my friends on Twitter and maybe we'll do another one. Let us know. Tweet at us. If you guys liked it, we'll do another one. If you didn't like it too bad, you had to listen all the way through and now you're hearing this message. Love you guys. See you later. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed this one. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And if you're looking to try to transition to get a new job in the Bitcoin or crypto industry, we've got you covered. Head over to pompscryptocourse.com. We've developed a curriculum with the top teams across the industry. It's a three-week intensive training program with over 50 events packed into that three-week time period. Go to pompscryptocourse.com to learn more, and I'll meet you guys for the next episode.